So I'd been officially trail running for maybe five months. And I, I was on Facebook one evening, saw an old classmate, put a post up, and it had a picture of him and his 40-something-year-old brother. It says, me and Cody at mile 75 of the Bear 100. I thought, what? I never heard of ultras <laughs> or the bear or anything like that. And so I was amazed that they were running a 100-mile trail race. And so I went to the website to sign up naively and saw the big bold red font that said must have completed a 50 miler in 16 hours to sign up so I thought okay that's probably wise so I kind of got looking into ultras and found okay there's 50 kilometer races too that's probably smart to start there I, I looked and I saw that Jim Skaggs was putting on his Antelope Island 50k in November and I thought oh, I should sign up for that one running 100 miles seems impossible and maybe even kind of crazy and it is but we believe in big crazy dreams. That's why we ran 100 miles. It was such a life-changing experience for us, we decided to devote this podcast to preparing and inspiring you to run your first ultra race. Are you ready to feel the highest highs and the lowest lows? Are you ready to do what you once thought was impossible? Are you ready for your trail to 100? All right. Thank you for joining us here on Trail to 100 today. I'm Jacob Bateman and joined along with me is my beautiful and lovely wife, Melody. Hello. And we have a special guest today. Um, we have uh, the man, the myth, the legend, someone who helped inspire both me and Melody to want to run 100 miles for the first time. Um, when we were training for our first 100 mile race, um, Jimmy was the only person we knew of that had ran ultras. So yeah. He, so Jimmy, you were kind of our, <laughs> he, our inspiration. He, he was our idol. And so we feel like we're in royalty bringing him on today. And we're excited for that because he was our only ultra runner that we knew. Um, and this is, we have Jimmy Thomas join us today. He's also a, he's an ultra runner. He's ran 500 milers, a 93 K, a couple 50 milers, some 50 Ks. He puts on five races a year. It's the Twilla trail race, Twilla trail race series. And, um, he's been most importantly, he's been married for 15 and a half years and a father of five kids. Jimmy, thank you for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. So, Jimmy, we'll just jump right into it. Um, did we miss out on anything about you? Tell us a little bit about yourself outside of running besides um, what I just hit on. So I'm a native of Utah. Uh, lived in Sandy when I was younger. Moved up to little Cache Valley as a teen. And... When I was a youth in scouts, I learned to love hiking and to love you know, backpacking and just being in the mountains. Um, after my mission, went to USU and met my wife, finished up school, and then we came to Tooele uh, 11 years ago. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. Awesome, awesome. And then running, where, did the, where does that fit in your life? How did that come to be? Um, especially with being a father of five and all those responsibilities. So how, how was running started and, and tell us how that got started. Well, I've always hated running. 
Nice. When I was younger, you know, in sports, it was fine. But running, I tried to pick it up a few times and it was boring as heck. I would run the roads for a couple of weeks and think this is the lamest thing ever. <laughs> but like I mentioned, I've always loved hiking and I kind of got into trail running about six years ago. Uh, my brother-in-law talked me and my wife into doing a Tough mutter, And so we tried training a little bit on some of the trails nearby. And we did that race and enjoyed it. I signed up for a Spartan in 2015 and, and I did that, did well at the obstacles, but the trail running part was really difficult. <laughs> I loved the race enough to sign up for another one, but I thought I got to get better at trail racing or trail running. And so I just started looking for trails here in the Oakers and started doing just, you know, six, seven, eight mile runs, um, but really just grew to love it. It was like hiking, but better and faster. Yeah. So that's just kind of how I got into it initially. So you started with, what did you say? Like six to eight mile runs? Yeah. I feel like people have to work a long time to get to the point where they're running six <laughs> to eight miles. <laughs> I know it took me a long time to get to that point. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. Like kind of Jacob alluded to, um, people are more capable than they think they are. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I don't think you need to start out too small. And work your way up to a 10k you can go out and do a 10k almost anybody could i think i think so too yeah and you're not going to sprint a 10k but you can go out there and no, do it yeah, yeah. You can do it. yeah for sure agreed agreed so you started hitting the trails then you know i'm the same way the the, the roads bore me to death so boring. <laughs> and uh so you started hitting the trails when did the idea of doing more than six to eight miles and getting into that ultra range, uh, when did that spark into your head? Well, so I've been officially trail running for maybe five months. And I, I was on Facebook one evening, saw an old classmate, put a post up and it had a picture of him and his 40 something year old brother. It says me and Cody at mile 75 of the Bear 100. I thought, what? I never heard of Ultra or the Bear or anything like that. And so I was amazed that they were running a 100-mile trail race. And so I went to the website to sign up, naively, and saw the big, bold red font that said, must have completed a 50-miler in 16 hours to sign up. So I thought, okay, that's probably wise. <laughs> so I kind of got looking into Ultras and found, okay, there's 50 kilometer races too. That's probably smart to start there. So I, I looked and I saw that Jim Skaggs was putting on his Antelope Island 50K in November. And I thought, oh, I should sign up for that one. But first to see if I could do 31 or 30 miles, let's see if I can do this awesome 22 mile trail in the Stansbury. It's called the Stansbury Front Trail. And that has about 6,500 feet of climbing. So with eight or nine miles being my previous longest run, I went and did the Stanford Front Trail, 22, 23 miles. Oh my gosh. It wrecked me. It, my IT band were killing me, but it was <laughs> last. And it took me like eight, eight hours. But I did it and I thought, okay, I can do this 50K. And so, yeah, after running for a big six or seven months, I did my first 50K. So it sounds like it kind of came naturally to you. Do you feel like it came naturally? Um, yeah, like I like I said, I wasn't a runner before 
trail running in 2015. Yeah. I, I love the challenge aspect of it. Um, I, having never heard of ultras, I didn't know they were as popular as they are, but nobody yeah. I knew knew of ultras. And so I thought this is a cool challenge. If I can, if I can do a 50K and, and complete it, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I went for the challenge and, and succeeded. So was there any doubts when you did the 50 K or after you did that 22 miler, you were, you were pretty, you know, certain then you were going to finish. And what was your time on the 50 K? The first one you did. It was pretty slow. I was, I remember I told my coworkers, I said, let's place bets. See how fast I can do it. And I thought <laughs> I could do it in six. Uh-huh. It took me about seven Oh seven. Oh, wow. Okay, not terrible, but not fast. No, yeah. I mean, especially for your no. first one, that really is not I mean, bad at all. I'd be happy with a 707-50K right now. So <laughs> <laughs> anyways, okay. Um, And so you did the 50K. So you, this is all within mind that you wanted to do the Bear 100, correct? Yeah. Um, Having grown up in Cache Valley, I thought that's going to be my first 100 miler. But after I did that first 50K, 100 miles was a little scary. Yeah. I knew I would work up to it eventually, um, but I'm glad I saw that big, bold red font saying I have to do a 51st and then <laughs> yeah. do the 50K. Yeah, it was, I was excited to do the bear eventually. So where did you go from there after, after the 50K? So um, after you know, you've had this experience, you realize the 100's a little bigger than you initially thought. Um, you should sign up for a 50 next or how'd that go? Yeah. So, well, doing the 50 K, my IT bands were killing me because being a newer runner and wanting to go big distances, um, not gradually, but like right away, that was, that's rough on your body. So I tried to do as much running as I could that winter. And I, I wanted to go up to the next step, 50 miles, 50 miles. So I found the salt flats, 50 that was just the next April. So I signed up for that and went out and completed that pretty slow. I think it was 12 and a half hours, but I, I did it. It was tough. Um, big part of it is just mental toughness. I think your body can handle a lot. Oh yeah. You got to let your mind know that it can handle it too. Yeah, for sure. And with your mental toughness and letting your mind know you can handle it, how, how do you go about that when you're out there, especially maybe that first 50 miler, when you're at mile 35, and you're having IT band pain and all that. What, uh, what, what goes on in your mind? I don't know. I mean, you can't, you gotta, you gotta look at the race as a big hole, but you also need to chunk it up. You know, if you know that you just need to go six miles to the next aid station, that's very doable. And if you need to walk for a couple minutes, that's okay. You know, nobody, not everybody runs the whole thing. Maybe the elites do, but any old ordinary person like myself can finish it, just throw in some walking, break it up. It's not too tough. <laughs> Keep the goals small in the big picture. Yeah, and you got to have positive thinking, like, don't tell yourself, oh, this is too tough. You tell yourself, I can do this. I am, I'm tough enough. You know, I, I can do it. I'm capable. So, so it kind of sounds like your journey was like, oh, this looks cool. I'm going to try it. And then you did it. And then you're like, oh, let's try it a little bit more. And then you did it. And you just kind of kept like, 
oh, let's just go a little bit more, a little bit more. It sounds like, like I mentioned before, it kind of sounds like it just kind of came naturally. What were some of the biggest challenges that you faced? I know you mentioned your IT bands. Was there anything else that you ran into on your first few ultras that, that were really tough? Um, I would also get like kind of aches in my pelvic girdle, like in my hip flexors and um, just kind of that area. It would just get really fatigued and sore. Okay. What did you end up doing for your aches and pains? Have, have, do you still have those aches and pains or have you figured out kind no, of how to manage those? Yeah, I, I don't have, I don't have those same aches and pains. Awesome. Like four years ago, I had to take three weeks off of running just for a, a medical thing. And I, my first run back into, I did a half marathon, 4,000 feet up to Bald Mountain and my IT bands were hurting. Mm-hmm. But I think by the next run, it had gone away. So building up a base, getting stronger and just more mileage, your body is stronger and more adapted. Do you do any weight training or cross training? And do you feel like that has helped with your aches and pains? Yeah. Um, so I, I like the P90X workouts. I have all three of them. So you have a good variety and they, they utilize weights, you know, some dumbbells, mm-hmm. also just a lot of body weight exercises. Okay. Uh, they also do yoga. And before I had done yoga, I thought that was a weird thing, but the first time I did it, I loved it like that. I think that really helps you to be limber and yeah. Um, I think you're less prone to injury and your body is stronger as you incorporate, you know, these other workouts and weights and things. And I think that's, that's helped me to not be sore or have injuries, you know, when I do these long runs. Okay. Yoga's great, isn't it? I feel like not only is it great for your body, but it's like, it's meditation too. I think it's a great way to, um, you know, exercise your mental toughness and kind of your, your meditation and your calmness, which I think is important for ultra running. Mm-hmm. It's tough to hold those crazy positions for as long as they want you to. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> so, um, all right. You, uh, you completed the 50 miler. Is this at this point, do you sign up for the bear? Not quite. So I was looking for something a little more scenic than the salt flats. It's got, <laughs> it's got its own beauty, but it's also pretty ugly. Yeah. So for that summer, I was looking for a mountain ultra and I was looking at Skyline, which is close to you guys. Mm-hmm. Looking at Squaw Peak, which is super popular. Uh-huh. I heard about the Tushers and it was only a year old at this point. And I remember getting on the Wasatch Wrangler page and I asked, you know, of these three races, what would you guys recommend? And a lot of people were like, well, you know, maybe we should do Squaw or maybe do Skyline. Uh, but one guy, he said, Tushers is going to kick your butt. And I thought, that's the race for me. There you go. <laughs> that one. Because he basically he was saying, you shouldn't do it. Being a beginner, it's, it's going to yeah. be really difficult. And, like, watch me. Up for it. and I think it's my favorite race I've ever done. Really? Awesome. It's awesome. So 93 K, you know, it's a little over 55 miles, like 17,000 feet of climbing. You climb Ooh. a 12,000 foot peak, a couple 11,000 foot peaks. Wow. Wow. Sounds like you're going to race. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. <laughs> for those of you. I- 
for all the, for all your listeners, Jimmy Thomas is like the um, ultimate peak bagger. Yeah, you know if you're gonna go do a Jimmy race, there's gonna be a ton of scrambling and a ton of climbing. <laughs> if you follow him on Strava, almost every run straight up a mountain and back down it. <laughs> so, so that's awesome. So you did the Tushers. Um, okay, and did the- you? I'm just curious. Did you rub it in your friend's face who told you to not do it? <laughs> Well, he wasn't a friend. He was just a random person on, you know, on Facebook. Random Facebook oh, okay. guy. I hope you totally, totally like called him out and tagged him <laughs> in it. And you're like, I did so good. <laughs> I, I think I did. Like a year, year or two later, Tushers came up again. And, or maybe I even went back to that exact post and that comment and just said, hey, thanks for your <laughs> run this race. I did it. And it was awesome. And when That's I did awesome. it, they had much tighter cutoff times. I think... You know, now they have a 24 hour cutoff for the 100K kilometers uh-huh. longer. But back then it was a 19 hour cutoff and oh, nice. five hours faster. And I, I just came into the finish line 18 minutes before the final cutoff. Awesome. <laughs> so you were, you were out there for almost 19 hours on that. Yeah. Man. So it's a pretty technical up, down, just climbing up, you know. So yeah. It, it's the course that makes you want to cry. Matt Gunn, okay. creator, and I think this guy who commented on my Facebook post, he made the hashtag, Matt Gunn wants to make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I almost wanted to cry doing one of the big climbs in that race. But anyway, it's a fun race. <laughs> Everybody should do it. I feel like, okay, this is why people think ultra runners are crazy. Cause we're like, yeah, I almost wanted to cry. I was in so much pain. It was so fun. <laughs> like <laughs> it's crazy unless you really don't understand it until you do it like it really is such a painful terrible amazing experience yeah that's exactly right it's all of those things in one (laughs) there's just something almost I almost feel like I, I almost have like spiritual experiences on super long runs like just pushing past that pain um and then accomplishing something so hard it just it's just a really good feeling mm-hmm. you know yep okay so after tushers what was next um race wise bear 100 was was next but there were a couple things before that um that following april so april 2017 me and some friends we went and did the zion traverse so we went from Kolob Canyon, basically the west entrance, and went all the way all the way to the east entrance. So that was 50 miles, um, about 10 or 11,000 feet of climbing, and that was a that was a tough run. I remember dropping down into the grotto, you know, the scenic driveway where people can go in and go to Angel's Landing and whatnot. But we had to climb out of that canyon up to the east rim and get to that east. Uh, east entrance and that was just it was tough like to my core I was getting wiped out and depleted but had to finish it obviously so that was an awesome experience and then so you did that in one day then it wasn't like a backpack through camping it was you ran that we you know not super fast I think it took 15 or 16 hours but yeah one day effort and that, that was an awesome experience. Yeah. Awesome. Did you pack everything like in, in a pack? Like, cause you know, that's just entirely self-supported, right? So my friend's wife 
and daughter, they uh, had a van and they met us at a couple spots along the way so we could swap out gear and go get some food. Yeah, because we we've packed for a couple like self-supported 30 milers and <laughs> that's rough. Like <laughs> yeah, it feels like you got a bowling ball on your pack, you know, you stuff that pack, you know, with all your food. So uh, I guess to go back when I was really getting into running, I found Davy Crockett's blog. I don't know if you guys have looked at it, but I really enjoyed it. He went over tons of different uh, tips for running, you know, gear, all kinds of things. And he chronicled all of his hundred mile races and his long adventure runs. And he talked about having done the Uinta Highline Trail like two or three times. And depending on what starting point you utilize, it could be a 65, 80 mile, even up to 120 mile, very remote run. So I wanted to do that as kind of some preparation for the bear. So I actually reached out to Davey and asked if he would come with me on it since he had been and kind of guide me. So we worked it out and we got, well, we, we took a, a plane from Salt Lake to Vernal, 50 bucks, and we got there in half an hour. Nice. That's awesome. Um, About what gas would cost these days. Yeah. And had a friend drop us off at the Leedy Peak Trailhead and we started the Highline Trail heading west. And the Uinta is, you know, you got the high elevation. I don't think we got below 10,000 feet elevation, but it's full of boulders. Like the trail is not super duper runnable. And about 30 miles in, my inside of my right knee just started hurting. And it got harder and harder to run. And probably about 40 miles in, we were at Anderson Pass. Like I couldn't hardly lift my right leg up and over the boulders. I'd have to swing it out wide which is not a natural movement either yeah and it got to the point where i was only really able to power hike and by this time the sun was going down i've been running for 12 or 13 hours probably longer and davy's asking how i was doing and i told him he's like we're probably gonna have to bail out because we still have 40 more miles you know to get to the mirror lake highway oh my gosh so we were gonna go down i think it was yellow yellowstone basin so we got off of the Highland Trail heading south. At this point, you know, totally dark out. And when you're high up there, there's not much of a trail, but there's cairns placed every so often. And we got to a cairn, and then it got all wet and marshy, and we couldn't find the next cairn. Oh, and no. we searched for about half an hour, you know, just doing a big circle, trying to find this next cairn, and we couldn't find it. Oh, oh man. So we backtracked north climbed back up to the Highline Trail. We went west another couple of miles up and over Tungsten Pass. And then we went down another basin. I think it's Garfield Basin. And we were going to get to what's called Center Park, just another trailhead okay. um, on the southern slope. But to get there was another 25 miles. Ooh. And it wasn't all downhills, up and down. So we spent the whole entire night heading down this basin got to Center Park Trailhead, you know, sometime in mid-morning, and he had an emergency satellite phone, so we were able to call my friend, and he picked us up, but anyway, so we did 65 miles, 28 hours, and it was probably the most miserable run I've ever experienced. That sounds terrible. But 
I think it schooled me. It, it, it taught me, it helped me to learn. I, I guess it trained me for the bear. Um, cause I'd never run through the night before. I never run in that much pain before. And yeah. I think it just helped me to be a little bit more mentally tough so that I could, you know, successfully finish the bear. So that was some of the prep work. Oh, and I, I concocted a 50 mile route through the Oakers, you know, from the Southern tip all the way to the Northern part, um, almost to I-80. And wow. so I ran, I ran that in September just a few weeks before the bear and that had like 12,000 feet of climbing. That's awesome. So, so those are some of the things I did to prepare for the bear that year. That's awesome. That, uh, you went to Highline Trail, that does sound like a really good mental toughness, uh, training right there. So I feel like runs like that are inevitable as an ultra runner, you're going to have just some, you could call them like failure, failure of runs, right? (laughs) You always, you always get runs like that. So, but it sounds like it was a good thing. What do you, what do you think was wrong with your knee in that run? Um, constantly stepping up and over boulders in the trail. Oh, just that movement. Rocky. Yeah. There's not much smooth trail in the Uintas. You just weren't used Uh, to that kind of terrain. Yeah. And then to do, and then to do sit 80 miles or go for 80 miles on it. Yeah. That will throw your body into some shock probably. Yeah. So I need to get redemption. I I will go back there one summer. There you go. There you go. Awesome. So then you did the 50 miler and, uh, did the 50 miler go smooth then as well? Uh, yeah, mostly, um, you know, it was early September, so it's still hot. I don't do as well in the heat because of my family life and my work schedule. I pretty much run in the morning and depending on the time of year, I'm running before the sun's up and finishing before the sun's up sometimes. So I'm not used to the heat. Gotcha. It's ochre 50 mile run. Um, it was rough, just lots of ups and downs and I got hot, but I think it was, it was good for me to finish it. And actually the friend I was running it with, his wife met us at the 50 K mark and his IT band was hurting him. So his wife, you know, took him home and he offered me, Hey, you want to be done? Oh, geez. That'd be tempting. I thought, no, for what, for mental sake i gotta finish this even if it's another 19 miles by myself and so i finished it by myself and it was good for me just to push through you know the temptation and to just not go through the pain for sure did that give you confidence for bear after you did that did you feel like you were ready yeah yeah i think that greatly contributed to my confidence that's Awesome. awesome so how did the bear go tell us about that one that was, that was awesome. So <laughs> I, I don't always go out slow like I should. I don't know why you're just <laughs> out of the race and you got the front runners who are trained to go out fast, but I, <laughs> the race adrenaline, you know, <laughs> I, I was kind of, not with the front runners, but kind of in that front group. And with the bear, you start out right away with like a 4,000 foot climb up dry <laughs> Logan Canyon. And then you go up to Logan near almost to Logan peak. Um, it was beautiful. The week before, um, we'd had a early, early snowstorm. And so the mountains got a bunch of snow, but had melted, you know, during the days leading up to the, up to the bear 100. 
So the trail was pretty wet and muddy and even snowy in some places. So that added to the difficulty. But yeah, bears, a lot of fun. You got, I think, 22, 21,000 feet of climbing. Um, got really hot in the day. So once again, mm-hmm. that takes its toll on me. Yeah. I think I got to the Temple Fork aid station about the time the sun was getting pretty low and did that climb to Tony Grove in the dark and the temperature dropped a bunch, um, you know, cold enough you could see your breath. So it had to be in the thirties. Oh man. That's either way too hot or way too cold. Right. Yeah. But yeah, just a lot of fun from Tony Grove, you know, ran through the night, got to the Beaver ski lodge, mile 75, about sun up and did that last 25 miles you know, a little slower than, you know, the first 75. (laughs) Higher up uh, Franklin Basin and and north of Ranger Dip, it was super muddy, you know, from all the snow that had melted and turned everything just sloppy mud. And I'd never run with poles before. I wish I had poles then because it was, it was hard just to stay upright. Uh Poles are the best. Yeah. But my wife, she met me at the 93 aid station. Mm-hmm. so she ran the last seven or eight miles with me that's awesome and bear 100 has a 36 hour cutoff i rolled in at like 35 25 awesome so yeah. you're like king of like rolling in right at the last minute yeah <laughs> definitely the back of the pack finisher hey it, if you're finishing 100 miles you're an elite athlete <laughs> even if it's one minute before the cutoff that's how i see it <laughs> Was there, what, what was it like finishing that hundred, like coming across the finish? Was it, what were you expecting it to be like, I guess? And then what was it really like? Yeah. Um, I don't know what I expected it to be like. I, I'm surprised <laughs> I could run at that point. The last two miles or you're running down a paved road and I was able to kind of run. I was jogging, felt fast, but it probably wasn't. My dad, who at the time was probably 68, 69 he met us about half a mile before the finish and he's in his work boots and his jeans and he jogged alongside me and Kim to the finish. And that was pretty cool. Um, awesome. So I was just happy to finish and it was cool because then I could wrap my head around doing hundred miles. I thought, okay, this is, this is doable. I did it and I can do it again. That's awesome. Cool to achieve that. So one of your first thoughts was let's do this again. <laughs> yeah. Um, Probably wasn't too much long after that. I was looking for the next hundred, and that was when I found the Ute 100. Okay. That was going to be the first year for the Ute. So I signed up for that. And I think in his, uh, Sean Blanton, his recommendations, he said, practice with poles and always wear your pack loaded like you're going to have it loaded for race day. That's smart. ran exclusively with poles that year that's awesome so you've just been doing you've been running ever since and so why what what keeps you doing it after you've after you got this taste and you've been through some of these miserable experiences like you had in the uentas of, of being out all night with a hurting knee and um going through your first hundred like why, why some, I know some people, they say, okay, I did a hundred, you know, I'm, I'm never doing it again. I'm good. You know, I've done it. Like that was Jacob until just a few weeks yeah, ago. Well, I, <laughs> I was just, 
anyways yeah <laughs> so what what has kept you in the in the ultra running community since then what why do you why do you keep coming back for more because it's fun why do it if it's not fun right <laughs> that's my philosophy <laughs> oh, it, it's fun and i i like challenges it's it's a cool feeling to have a goal and to achieve it and and conquer that and then to try to do it again or do something a little harder or a little longer yeah is there any part of you that likes the bragging rights to be able to say, yeah, I've ran a hundred miles. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good conversation starter, right? <laughs> yeah. So, so the 500 milers I've done, I actually DNF my last, my fifth one, but I've got four buckles and awesome. three years. I just hung them on my wall. And then Christmas, I thought I'm going to get me a belt and put the buckles. You can interchange them. I'm going to put the buckles on my belt and wear them. And yeah, nobody knows what they are. I've had maybe two people say, Hey, that's Zion 100. You ran that. And you're like, yes, I did. <laughs> Most people see him and they're like, sweet buckle, but they have no idea what it is. <laughs> yeah. That's when you're like, well, let me tell you about uh, this. Buckle. <laughs> that's <laughs> I awesome. I didn't just buy this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I earned it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so do you mind if I ask you some technical questions about, um, your races and your training? Um, so one question I have is, uh, heat training. So you said that you don't train in the heat very often. Um, so the heat is hard on you. How do you handle the heat? Is, are there any, any equipment like Jacob and I really like wet towels over our heads. We learned that that really helps sting up when electrolytes helps. What are kind of your tips for running in the heat? So I guess one thing I, I always bring a buff with me. I usually wear it on my wrist as a, you know, sweat, sweat wiper. Uh -huh. but when it's getting hot out, you can dip that in streams that you come across, mm -hmm. wear it on your head or at aid stations. You can put water or ice in the buff and wear it that helps mm -hmm. kind of stay up on your hydration you know even though it's hot out and it may be exposed if you're staying hydrated and like you said got your electrolytes you're feeling well you know you can get through it what do you take for electrolytes um i used to use tailwind but just you know on, on the race day i'll just drink whatever they're providing um okay. i can't think of the brand right now some of them are kind of gross but they got like the gnarly sports nutrition drink i know that's a popular one i've seen that yeah. at races so you're not very particular or specific when it comes to your race nutrition do you usually just eat whatever is at the aid stations yeah so if it's if it's a hundred miler for me the solid real foods is what i need and what i crave okay what are your go-to's I love fruit, you know, watermelon, mm -hmm. uh, grapes, oranges, but you know, you're going to need more than that. So like if they have quesadillas or bacon, you know, salty mm -hmm. stuff, salted yeah. things like that are helpful. Pickle, mm -hmm. pickle juice, mm -hmm. and I'll do like the booze and stuff. I'll take some booze along the way. Uh -huh. Yeah, just most anything, any real food they're offering, I'll eat it and then I'll ask if they have a, sometimes they'll have a Ziploc baggie, mm -hmm. fill that up for on the go. 
So when I leave an aid station, I always have both hands full of food that I'm snacking on for the next couple of miles. That's awesome. That's interesting. I never thought about watermelon, but I've learned a lot of runners really like watermelon. We volunteered at Wasatch 100 a couple of weeks ago, and almost every single person who came through was like, do you have watermelon? And we were like, no, we don't have watermelon because we had to hike everything four miles, but (laughs) we were, we were packing watermelons in, but I was like, oh, runners really like watermelon. We'll have to try that. Um, okay. And then, okay. Sorry. I know I'm jumping around a little bit. Um, I actually want to come back to, you said you DNF'd your last, um, hundred mile race. I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about that kind of, if you don't mind kind of telling us what happened, kind of the thoughts and feelings that you had after DNFing and kind of how you've moved forward from that. Yeah. So back in 2018, um, the Patinos, they own and operate the Salt Flats Ultra. They asked if I would be an aid station captain. Mm-hmm. I did that and I was able to get an actual a free entry to a future hundred. Awesome. And it didn't work out in 2019. I had a Achilles injury from the Zion 100. So I did mm-hmm. 2020 and then COVID caused them to cancel. So I did it just this last April. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess there were three factors. One was the heat. That spring, we'd had nice, cool spring weather mm. all along. And then the, the two days of the race, the temperatures jumped up into the high 80s, like low 90s. Oh, and no. it was like a big jump. You know, we were in the high 60s and low 70s. So that affected me. And there's zero shade, no trees anywhere on that course. Oof. So the heat was doing me in. I felt like I was hydrating well and, and eating well. But I got to the point where like my hands were swelling up and my hands, my arms were tingling and just getting a headache. Oh, and no. So that wasn't fun. Um, the second thing is, is you don't want to have other obligations going on the same you know, time as the race. So my daughter who just finished a three-year music program was having her recital at 6 p.m. on Saturday, which was the end time you know the cutoff for the race oh okay so when i rolled into mile 50 the pace i was at i i'm ready and tough enough i knew i could have finished the race but i don't think i would have finished in time to get to this recital so my daughter was more important you know than in this than this race and the third thing was it was free so i didn't have 250 or 300 dollars skin in the game so it was easy say, you know what, I'm not having any fun. I feel miserable. I didn't pay for this. Yeah. I got to go to my daughter's recital. So I pulled the plug at mile 50 and was happy to go that far. Yeah. Did you still get like a 50 mile medal? Do they do that? No. And if they would have offered it, I would have said no, because I didn't do their official 50 mile course. Oh, okay. That's um, I think I, I admire Davy Crockett. He does the Pony Express. Yeah. 50 miler. And in one of his blogs, he talks about a guy who signed up for the hundred who only did 50 miles worth and called it quits. Uh-huh. And to get a $50 or a 50 mile finisher award. And Dave's like, no, you signed up for the hundred. You DNF'd. Yeah. I would agree with that actually. Yeah. It's two separate races. Yep. It totally is. Yeah. But that's awesome. I, I think that's 
that's great that that family came first and it was more important to get to your daughter's recital. Yeah. And I, I think that's good advice too, to make sure that there's not other obligations and like other life stressors happening around hundred because a hundred mile race is like, that's a huge obligation and that's a lot of stress. I feel like you, you kind of want to be in a place where there's not a lot of stress in your life and there's not a lot of other things happening during that time. So I like that advice. So real quickly, before we let you go, you are, as we mentioned earlier, race director. Um, and what I think is awesome. I love your races by the way, because they only cost like 20, $25 and, um, there's no t-shirts, no medals, but runners all come out and they're, they're always on beautiful courses the courses are and it gives you that race experience, meeting other runners, you know, and, and having that. Uh, so what you're the, you're the only one that I really know in the area, um, that puts on that kind of race. Cause most races, you know, are hundred bucks plus. Um, so what gave you that idea and how did, how did that get started? Well, I guess go back to 2017, I'd only been running two years, but I had done a few races at that point and knew how fun they were and what a rewarding experience they could be. So I was thinking about Tooele Valley and how there's no trail races, but there's cool trails. You know, there's a couple community 5Ks and I thought, well, I guess I will be the guy to put on these races that are not happening. And so I kind of figured out how to get permission from landowners and how to get the, the event insurance and how to try to market it. But I wanted to try to kind of be like other races. So I had a shirt designed and a logo and and you know did that and try to figure out you know what would be a fair you know registration fee where people aren't thinking it's too expensive but you know I would need to make some compensation. Right. So that first year I did the Serengeti, you know, half marathon, 10K, 5K and you know had a modest turnout. I think it was like 45, 50 people, but you know, still fun. And the next year I added another race in Settlement Canyon, a really beautiful canyon by Tooele. And that was the Bear Trap Trail races. And then the third so, year I added a, another race, the White Pine Solstice Runs. And that was pretty cool. I was in 2017 talking with the Tooele County Trails Committee, telling them I would love to put a race on, you know, up, up, in White Pine Canyon or Middle Canyon, but it was on Kennecott property. So I thought there's no way that's gonna happen. Well, in 2018, the day after I put on the bear trap race, the guy from Kennecott calls me and says, hey, so-and-so told me to call you and help you to start your trail race that you wanna do up White Pine Canyon. I was like, whoa, really? Heck yeah. So I got permission from Kennecott to put on that race. And that's a fun one. I think you guys have done that you get a climb two yeah. thousand foot mountains and that one's gorgeous it's awesome. beautiful it's so a beautiful awesome. one so and then the fourth year i think by the fourth year i said you know what trying to design shirts and ordering the proper amount and distribution of sizes is kind of a pain and a hassle and i did beanies and you know little swag items like that and it was fun to have these shirts and to get beanies and stuff but it was like making the event kind of stressful because you don't want to have too few shirts. We don't want to go home with a ton of shirts after the race. Yeah. So last year I decided I'm just going to simplify it. 
you know, no shirts, no swag, no finishers awards, unless you're the top finisher. Mm -hmm. I figured I'm going to make it dirt cheap, 20 bucks. It's a different format, but I kind of thought about the Wasatch Trail Series, how they just do 20 bucks. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, I just tried to make it really simple and hopefully marketable to a lot of people and especially beginner runners or people just trying to get into racing. Hopefully nobody thinks 20 bucks is unaffordable. Yeah. Yeah. And since I started doing that more simple format last year, um, I've had more people sign up uh, for other races, like the White Pine race. Uh, the first year was like 40 people, and the second year was, you know, over 100. And the Serengeti race last year, or I guess this year, you know, we had about 150. So it's grown a little bit. Um yeah, so last year I introduced the fourth race, and that was the Tooele Turkey Trail Trot Till You Drop. So that idea was kind of inspired by, I think, Big Backyard Ultra, where they run a four-mile loop, and you have to do it in an hour or less. And they just keep going and going and going until there's one runner left, and that can take a couple days. That's I didn't have that kind of time frame, so I just capped it out at like 10 hours. That was fun. And we ran, and I got to run it too, which is awesome. So we ran 40 miles and climbed 10,000 feet. Oh man. Seven of us, you know, had to finish that last lap for time. That's and then awesome. this year I introduced my fifth race and it was a, like an official ultra um, mountains southeast of Twila and had a almost a 50k. It just wouldn't work out with the permission I was given for the land use. Oh, okay. Mile race, but close enough. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, we love your races and we would highly recommend them to anybody here in the area. And, and you know, this Jimmy, they kind of have become like a family tradition of ours. We're like, Oh, another Jimmy race. And we love to, yeah, the whole family likes to go sign up and run it together. It's become a fun family. event. Yeah. And the fact that it's 20 bucks, it's never like a conflict with anybody. It's like, yeah, of course we're doing that. It's only 20 bucks to run in this race. Yeah. And the word really is getting out. Um, we hear about your races out here in the Ogden running community. Um, people out here signing up for your races and excited about them. And honestly, they're awesome. I just, I just love what you're doing with it. I mean, just cause yeah, before I, the reason I didn't get into like competing or doing any races was the money was, I, I remember looking at, you know, to run a half marathon, it was like a hundred bucks. I'm like, yeah, right. You know, might as well just go run that on your Yeah, own, I can do know? that on my own for free. So, <laughs> but anyways, well, we uh, we'll wrap this up. One last question before we let you go, um, Jimmy, is what advice you say, you know, we, we, you have some beginner ultra runners listening to you right now here on this podcast, you know, and they're really wondering if, if they can if they can really do it, their first ultra, um, what advice would you give them? Well, just, I guess, believe in yourself that you can do it really most ordinary ish people. They can do it. Um, obviously more training is going to help you, but really I only have time to do 25, 30, maybe 35 miles a week. And I can finish these. Of course, I'm a back of the pack finisher, but it, yeah, it's doable. Just do the running that you can have a positive mindset. You got to be mentally tough because you're going to have some low, low spots in these races. 
um, where it's going to be painful, it's going to be tough. And every hundred miler I've done, I've asked myself, why the heck did I pay money to put myself through this? (laughs) (laughs) Inevitably, you start to feel better. The sun comes up, you know, that second morning and that, that just is a good thing for your spirits. And yeah, just, you can do it and have fun at it. It's a, it's an adventure. Awesome. Yep. It's doable. I love it. That gives me hope actually with, um, knowing that you train 25 to 30 miles a week and are able to do as well as you do. I think that's awesome. So thanks. Thank you for joining us, Jimmy. Uh, we really appreciate your time. Um, we're recording this, uh, at it's almost 10 o'clock and we know you got to get up early to go hit that mountain peak. So we apologize for keeping you up late. That's right. Got to put the kids to bed and melody. I'm running with your dad in the morning. Oh, awesome. Oh, just so you know, he, he was so appreciative when you asked him to come, uh, on that first run and, uh-huh. and that you were, that you hung back with him. I hope that I'm not embarrassing my dad. <laughs> he, was zombies, but he was really excited to run with you. It sounds like it's a lot of fun. He did good. He got a bunch of PRs on that run. He told me, he's like, man, he's like, it's so good running with people. He's like, Jimmy pushed me. Like I've never been pushed before. Jacob, <laughs> <laughs> one thing just to correct earlier, um, you were saying Twilla Trail Race? Yes. Twilla Trail Racing. So if anybody's listening, go to TwillaTrailRacing.com. That'll, that'll list the five races that we do. So appreciate you guys having me on. Okay, thank Thanks you. Thanks so much, Jimmy. You're awesome. We appreciate it a lot.